The content provided in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. We are not making recommendations, nor are we providing financial analysis of any kind. We are self-proclaimed morons and should not be trusted with your investments. Always conduct your own research and consult with a qualified financial advisor before making any investment decision. Welcome to the show where the game is fun. Chris Carver now and George Howell are going strong. Stock killers, we're in it, so win it every day. We're going to keep you informed so you don't miss a play. We're rolling the dice, taking risks, don't you know? We're betting on the market, watch it rise and it'll fall, yeah. Stock killers, we're here to make it big. Come join us on this journey, let's start this game. In the world of bulls and bears, we find our path. Analyzing charts and numbers, doing the math. Chris and George, with insights so profound. In the stock market jungle, where fortunes are found. With every tick of the clock, the market swings. Our hearts race with the highs and lows it brings. We navigate through the waves with skills so slick. In the world of trading, we've got the magic trading. We're rolling the dice, taking this. Don't you know we're betting on the market? Watch your eyes and it'll fall. Stock gamblers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Stock Gamblers. How do you like our new theme song, Carbo? I tell you what, with a little bit of um, a little bit of effects, you can't even tell that's me. That's the best part about <laughs> it. it. It's a, I love it. It's gonna be on my playlist from now on. Goddamn, we have our we have our own theme song. Yeah, uh, writing credits go to uh, AIG, right? <laughs> AIOG. I guess so. Original gangster. <laughs> hey, how's it going, everybody? How you doing? Uh, this week, uh, I'm hoping is a lot better. Uh, we do have snow, but there is no power outage at your house yet. Yeah, yeah, that was that was some serious stuff, man. We were we were down for um, a, a day. They originally said it was going to be like a day and a half, two days, and the, the initial estimate was like 11 p.m. two days from when it first happened. But it ended up being in only one day. So no, I can't believe you lost power for a full day. Transformer blew up, apparently. Hey, who knew? Who knew they still do that? But I uh, mean, it, it must have been like really bad all over because every everything in the Philly area, like even at the Valley Forge, had power issues. Yeah, the wind was was incredible. The wind was um, they kept saying like 25, 30 mile an hour gusts. That was a lot more than that. I mean, it literally we didn't get too much damage, but we have this enormous butterfly bush that literally got pulled out of the ground. Like, wow. Over on its like that you know i tried to write it and we'll see if I, if it's dead or not but yeah it was crazy, well, it, was it, crazy. Will be, it, it will be after this week with 12 degree weather <sighs> tell me about it yeah it went from uh 50s when it was stormy last week it was in the 50s now it's around 20 22 degrees right outside now it's it's icy and frosty out there how's it yeah, it's gonna break it's going to break freezing on Thursday, but other than that, it'll be below freezing until sometime next week. Fantastic. Yeah. It'll just make us wish for the beach more. That's all. <laughs> you know, I've come around. I, I used to be a winter person, and now I'm I'm really appreciating warm weather. I've never been a winter person. I've always hated the cold. I love winter activities, ice skating, skiing, hockey, all that kind of stuff, but I hate being cold. 
I haven't skied in forever. I should really go now that now that everything's below freezing. Well, see, but now we're older, right? And you could kill yourself like that without even like expecting it. Like, oh, I'm just going down a bunny shush, you know, head first into a tree, and there you go. Dude, I, I Sonny bonoed into a tree when I was like 16. <laughs> like, oh, I, I used to do that all the time. Yeah. 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 I hit a I tree mean, with my head. Mm -hmm. I actually a couple times went off. I forget which one. It may have been Jack Frost up in the Poconos. Okay. Nice. Was, That's a good one. They, they keep a lot of the, the stones like covered in the snow. So you're, it's like, you know, makes the roadway <laughs> right into the rocks. Oh. The snow and into the rocks. You didn't <laughs> own the skis, did you? Huh? They weren't your skis, were they? They were rentals? Oh, God, no. Rentals. Always rentals. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Lucky you. Yeah, I don't... I don't. The only thing I think I ever owned was like a surfboard. I don't own my own stuff with any anything like that. You know, but uh, nah, nah, I would never buy my own skis. Where do you surf in Jersey? We used to surf. Believe it or not, we used to surf in Wildwood. Okay. I mean, you're not, you're not going to get, you know major waves but we would go after after like the lifeguards would leave around 5 30 we'd bring our boards down and just just have at it i mean i was never really great at it because you can you can't get a great wave i mean you can get enough to go like whoa and, and fall over but uh i actually like water skiing a lot better but that that's that's cool nice we need all right you want to get into it oh why not let's do it we're here right yeah might as well This inflation rather than economic growth prospects. This adjustment is fueled by expectations that the Federal Reserve will cut interest rates as inflation increases rather than due to intimate recession concerns. This change in the bond market's traditional recession indicator aligns with lower inflation expectations rather than the typical pre-recession patterns. So here we got another new word. We got disinflation. Last week we had a uh, we had I forget what it was last week it was not a conscious uncoupling but it was something like that <laughs> right whatever it was right and then this week we have disinflation I guess yeah, that inflation over there but I don't know what disinflation means you can go with this or you can go with that <laughs> right exactly it just sounds like another buzzword they kind of just made up to to confuse us even more <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, made-up stuff, the IRS has collected over $500 million in back taxes from millionaires following enhanced enforcement efforts. This success is a result of increased scrutiny under the 2022 Inflation Reduction Act, which allocated significant funds for the IRS enforcement on wealthy individuals and corporations. Despite this progress, there are concerns about future funding as a portion of the allocated money may be redirected elsewhere and the potential impact of a government shutdown on IRS operations during the tax filing season. Because why would you keep funding your collection revenue source? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, but uh, this also screams of like, you know, when a new administration comes in, that act's going bye-bye. You know what I mean? Like if, if uh, the other side gets in, get rid of that. And then the rich people don't have to worry about paying their share anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. You know, uh, we, 
we need to cut spending because we don't have enough money. And this thing here gives us money, so we need to cut that too. But don't tax the rich, by the way. Because right, right. <laughs> they spend money. They won't spend money if you tax them. Yeah, because trickle-down economics has worked so well for everyone over the last 40 years. Yeah, yeah, it's worked great. <laughs> A U.S.-led coalition has conducted strikes again against Houthi rebel targets in Yemen, following the group's continued attacks on ships in the Red Sea. The operation involving U.S. and British forces, along with other allies, targeted Houthi radar and air defense systems, as well as missile launch sites. The strikes are a response to the Houthis' threat to international shipping and aim to protect freedom of navigation in a vital commercial route. And those Houthis are pretty armed, too. I was watching some videos of some of the um, stuff they've like confiscated off them. They're not like Somali pirates running around with like an AK-47 or something. They got like rocket launchers and everything. I mean, they're not they're not amateurs. They are the captain now. <laughs> and ending the recap coming into stock news apple recently reclaimed its position as the world's most valuable company from microsoft with its market capitalization reaching 2.89 trillion compared to Microsoft's $2.86 trillion. This fluctuation highlights the competitive dynamics in the tech sector, particularly around advancements in artificial intelligence, where Microsoft has gained traction. Despite Apple's launch of new products like the Vision Pro mixed reality headset, investor excitement seems more focused on Microsoft's AI initiatives on cloud computing growth. So uh, I guess... Microsoft just kind of jumped up there for a minute and a half, becoming the world's most valued company. What's a point? What's point oh? What's point oh three amongst friends? Right? I mean, yeah. look how close that is. Look how close that valuation is. Considering <laughs> how quickly Microsoft caught up to Apple, I would guess that Microsoft will surpass them again. Hmm. A little foreshadowing. I like that. But it's still too late to invest in it unless you want to throw tons of money into it because the stock share price is ridiculous now. Yeah, Good yeah, thing yeah. you got in when you did. <laughs> well, there goes the second half of my show. All right. Skydance Media, led by CEO David Ellison and backed by investors, including his father, Larry Ellison, is exploring an all-cash bid to acquire a majority stake in National Amusements, the parent company of Paramount Global. This move could lead to a subsequent merger of Paramount Global with Skydance, the studio behind Top Gun Maverick. The deal, still in its early discussions, faces complexities due to Paramount's share structure and valuation considerations, and is part of a broader industry challenge like declining cable viewership and streaming economics. I don't think that you should be able to um, bring up that the studio is um, responsible for Top Gun Mavericks without bringing up that the studio is also responsible for Terminator Dark Fate. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I, I think I think for every uh, every outstanding blockbuster, you should have to bring up one real stinker as yeah. well. Well, I mean, stinkers are more common than blockbusters, really. So, I mean, everybody's yeah. got, you know, even Scorsese had a few. 
But uh, you know, you bring up you bring up Top Gun Maverick and make it sound like David Ellison is some kind of a genius. He's right, also right. the guy who who tanked a bunch of Terminator movies and and other movies as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, without Larry Ellison's cash behind him, he never would have been anything. No, not with that. Without Daddy's money, <laughs> right? BlackRock has agreed to acquire Global Infrastructure Partners (GIP) for yep. three billion in cash and around twelve million shares because BlackRock doesn't own enough businesses this move is part of blackrock strategy to keep throwing money at things and own everything or to expand in the fast-growing infrastructure market valued at one trillion dollars the acquisition is expected to modestly increase blackrock's adjusted eps and operating margin in the first year after closure which is anticipated in the third quarter what else does blackrock own everything they own everything. Okay. You can invest in them. Right. So while they buy everything and make money, that you can make money with them. That way you don't feel bad about them having a monopoly. Well, sounds Allegedly. fair to me. Where do I sign up? Right. <laughs> uh, there are a bunch of uh, a bunch of EFTs and, and <laughs> things that you can invest in to, to get a piece you of BlackRock. They have their own funds. Yeah. After the launch of Bitcoin ETFs, there's growing anticipation for the approval of either ETFs. The recent performance of either outpacing Bitcoin has heightened investors' interest in such ETFs. BlackRock CEO's Larry Fink, any Fink, is it? Sees potential value in an Ether ETF, suggesting a future shift in the cryptocurrency ETF landscape. Well, okay. I still... Yep, just... uh... Yeah, more cryptocurrency, more. Now you can get ETFs of cryptocurrency, so you can. What does that even mean? I mean, it's it's fictional. It's it's not real. <laughs> well, when you're when you're buying your ETF through Robinhood, you can get you can buy fictional things of fictional corporations. <laughs> like I'm I'm actually buying fictional real estate on my fictional real estate game too, <laughs> but I don't have to put any money up forward for that. But listen, well, get yourself uh get yourself one of the new Apple headsets, and you can live in that fictional world. Uh, how much are they? About five hundred dollars. Thirty five hundred. Oh, really? I was kidding. Uh, oh, you mean the 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 VU ones? Yeah, the Apple VR uh, ones. Oh, I thought you meant just regular headphones. I was gonna say they're. And VU and for you, you'd have to spend an extra hundred and fifty dollars to get your prescription put in it, nerd. Right. <laughs> the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission reported that an unauthorized party gained control over the phone number linked to its social media account on platform X leading to a false post about the approval of spot Bitcoin ETFs. This cybersecurity breach, which prompted a sharp but brief surge in Bitcoin's price, has led to the SEC to coordinate with law enforcement, including the FBI and Department of Homeland Security, to assess the impact and consider additional security measures. The SEC clarified that it had not approved any spot Bitcoin ETFs, despite the misleading social media post. Uh, obviously, this is, this story took place before they then approved e- uh, cryptocurrency ETFs. Right, but still, I mean, again, it's a another breach. I mean, it's it's another you know big company that supposedly knows better, uh, letting stuff the, like that happen. That the hackers broke security, but the SEC broke my heart. <laughs> I lost my place. Oh, yeah. Did we already do this one? No. 
The launch of Bitcoin ETFs presents a challenge to the traditional market for gold. Investors now have the option to diversify their portfolios with a digital currency that competes with gold as a store of value. This shift could lead to a significant impact on gold's relevance as an investment as Bitcoin and gold vie for the similar investor interests. I got to wrap my I got to wrap my head around that one. Hold on. Well, a second. The difference the difference is you can build electronics and dental work out of one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, which one though? Explain that to me. Bitcoin. You can you can mine Bitcoin yeah. and fill cavities. Sure. Representative Pat Ryan criticized the NFL and NBC for choosing to stream a playoff game exclusively on Peacock, a Comcast NBC Universal streaming service. This decision, which marks the first time a playoff game is only available on a streaming platform, has raised concerns about the increasing cost for fans to watch NFL games. The move is part of a growing trend where NFL games are being moved from network TV to various streaming platforms, significantly raising the overall cost for viewers. I don't see yeah, how it's a big deal now, but Amazon Prime having Thursday night football is uh, is totally okay. Well, I think it's it, it's kind of lousy for everybody. Um, and also, I think HBO Max now has sports. They have sports like they have basketball, baseball, and hockey, I believe. But I can understand HBO why. Max has sports. Uh, Disney, ABC, ESPN, uh, Hulu, that conglomerate, um, they were planning on moving uh, football over to ESPN this year, but had to pull back because of of uh, poor numbers. So see, um, I can understand why people are, are kind of pissed at this, though. I mean, oh, it wasn't poor numbers. It was the strikes. The strikes made oh, them yeah. move that back to full content. I mean, you don't, I don't know if you remember this, you're a little bit younger than me, but do you remember when games were typically blacked out? Like football, baseball? Oh, they still are. I, I live in a constant state of being pissed off because I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan and I have absolutely no way to watch the Pittsburgh Pirates. I also live, I'm also a Washington that, Capitals fan. Right. And I will watch the Philadelphia Flyers and I can watch neither of them on any channel. Really? So, I all of the teams that I like or could like, I have no access to at all. It's amazing. The only team I can get are the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I don't think I can get the Phillies where I am, or I can if I pay for certain packages. But you're closer um, to Philadelphia than you are to Pittsburgh, right? I am, yeah. But I live in that weird area of central Pennsylvania where they celebrate both. Um, but it, not it, really. It's like, <laughs> you can't watch both. <laughs> But it, it, it's so infuriating that all these games are blacked out. I, I watch more Vancouver Canucks hockey because I can actually watch all of those games. Right, right. And you do have somebody in your, in, you know, that likes them. So I do. <laughs> all right. Now, moving on. Tesla's stock experienced a decline in pre market trading, dropping about 2% following CEO Elon, Elon Musk's demand for increased voting power in the company. Musk currently holding around 13% or 22%, including options, is seeking to raise his voting power to 25%, stating that this level of control will allow him to be influential without being absolute. He warned that if he does not achieve this threshold, he might start developing AI and robotic products outside of Tesla. Musk's concern is to avoid a potential takeover by what he terms dubious interests. This development 
continues Tesla's challenging start to 2024 with its stock already down nearly 12% since the year began. What is it? Well, January So 16th. the world's richest man sells his stock to buy more things and then complains about not owning enough stock. That's pretty much it. Yep. That's something this guy's this guy is a genius, you know. It, I mean, it's he can he can put a rocket ship on the moon but can't figure out how owning something works. I guess he's just um one of those people. He thinks on a different <laughs> level than we do, you know. Right. Give him that benefit, you know. He's he's a a stable genius, if you will. <laughs> All right. Time for Moron of the Week. Ooh. Do you want to do that? Or do you want me to do that? You can do that one. Okay. Do we have special moron music? I can put Not some yet. special moron music. Not yet. What about this? Moron music. The UK government is set to pass legislation to overturn the wrongful convictions of hundreds of post office managers between 1999 and 2015. These convictions for theft or false accounting resulted from errors in the Horizon accounting software, leading to severe personal and financial repercussions for those accused. The proposal for exoneration and compensation marks a significant effort to address one of UK's most substantial miscarriages of justice. Wow. I, I never even heard of that until now. So basically, between 1999 and 2015, they had software that was telling them their numbers were off and they were just firing people willy-nilly over it without any proof. Yeah, yeah. Like. Crazy that they can get away with that in, in England. Well, I mean, they are white devils, you know, so. <laughs> All right, time for uh, our update on the stock market game. Oh, yeah. I like this a lot. You know, I'm glad you just went to this. He's playing a dangerous game. Special uh, special theme music for you for uh, <laughs> losing because oh. you didn't play. I didn't what? Uh, I didn't play. I said special theme music for for losing this week so far in the in the game because you didn't buy any stock up until the last minute. So yeah, well, it wasn't. I tried to search for it. It wasn't up for a while. Oh, it was up. I it was up right away. Yeah, I got in there right away, but uh, gamblers, okay. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm currently winning by uh, two hundred and eighty some dollars over you, but I I really wanted to rub it in. <laughs> you think it yeah, a whole new theme song to rub it in? I love it. <laughs> well, I had some spare time and what a copy beautiful singing voice. <laughs> so to uh, to check in uh, from the uh, um roll them dice segment from last week uh, that we had put money into mm -hmm. seagate is up halliburton is down so good pick on both our parts for not doing that monster 
beverage uh, was down. Goodyear Tire uh, was down. And uh, I don't remember the last one. Do you? No, I thought Goodyear was the last one. Yeah, well, we're missing one, but uh doesn't really matter. Um, so that would, oh, I do remember what it was. It was, uh, uh, no, never mind. Uh, anyway, not that important. Alrighty then. So the, um, what, uh, what did you do for your own personal pick last week? Cause I chose Intel and that was, was kind of down. McKesson. And I forget what my second one was. All right. Drawing a blank. Well, Drawing a blank. That's why you're losing. Senior senior moment. Wow, brutal. <laughs> that brings us to Roll Them Dice, the segment where we take five companies, publicly traded companies chosen at random, and we decide on a whim whether or not we are going to invest in them on this week. Uh, this week's picks. So, Chris Carbonara, Best Buy. Nope. I say no. So you say no, and why is that? Um, I don't know if they're getting the majority of their profits these days online, but the Best Buy, uh, as far as a store, sucks. I hate Best Buy, and... Last time I was in there, I think I yelled. I think I yelled at somebody because I wanted to buy something, and people were just all standing around. Like, does anybody want my money? Does anybody want to help me? I don't like Best Buy because every time I go in there, uh, someone is like jumping right on top of me to to help me out. They they're so helpful. They want to be right there, and I don't like talking to people when I shop, which is why I mostly shop online or with headphones mm-hmm. in. Um, however, I do have a friend that worked for Best Buy and he's fanatic about it. And I have another bot friend who just bought a new computer in New York city and actually went to the store. So I, um, I don't know what Best Buy looks like in the long term, but for now I am, I am saying yes, just because of those two experiences. Okay. How about Broadcom Inc.? Broadcom Inc., I'm going to say no. You were saying no, and but it feels yes. so good to say yes, so I will say yes. I have no idea what they are. Do you? Nope. All right. Broadcom Inc. is a global technology leader that designs, develops, and supplies a broad range of semiconductor enterprise software and security solutions. So I will, I'm glad I said yes. Maybe I'll make some money. MGM Resorts International. Oh, what the hell? I'll say yes. I'll go MGM. No? Tough call. You made either that or you're, you have gas. I don't What was that face? <laughs> I'm saying no only because you and I worked as vendors out of competing casinos. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, I... Um, they got hacked, what, like six months ago, maybe? Maybe it was less, but they got hacked. It took down all of their websites. People couldn't book hotel rooms. People couldn't get to the hotel rooms that they they booked. They couldn't play any any machines at all. They completely shut down the entire business for wow. days. 
Um, I thought I was being smart and I added them to my, my virtual stock market portfolio and it continued to go down and I lost money on them. So I am not going to make the same mistake. Um, maybe, maybe you'll make some money. Maybe not. Hormel Foods Corporation. Nah. Um, I am also saying no. I remember they had um, those little lunch containers that you could heat up in the microwave, and I liked those for about a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're really expensive, and I, I think that their products are usually meant to be pretty affordable, which nothing is affordable anymore. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, Biden. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going uh, no on Hormel. Yeah, I agree. Deer and Company. Is that John Deere? Is that the tractor company? I assume. I will look it up. Uh, that disqualifies me from guessing what they are. But No, it doesn't. <laughs> I would say yes. If it's John Deere, I'd say yes. It is John Deere. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. Uh, I thought about making this my personal pick this week. So I will really? say yes. Uh, hesitantly, okay. I, but I don't think it's really going to go anywhere. Uh, Deer and Company has announced an agreement with Starlink, Elon Musk's company, so that um, farmers in areas that do not have good cellular service can still get internet to their tractors so that they can operate uh, automated. So um, um, I, I think that might push the price up a little bit. But uh, I really don't see how it's going to help in the long term because I don't think farmers really like all this because it's the same type of shit that doesn't let them change their own oil in their tractors. Right. And it doesn't work. And then and, and have to be trained on it and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. All right. That will wrap it up for Roll Them Dice. Okie dokie. Do we have music that goes along with my begging for money? I forget. No? No, no. We do not have any entertainment to go along with your pandering. Okay. I'll just go to pander then. Hey, stock gamblers, are you ready to up the ante on your investing journey? Join us on Patreon. As a patron, as a patron, you'll get exclusive access to bonus episodes where we dive deeper into the risky, high-reward world of stock market gambling. But that's not all. You'll also be part of our close-knit community where we share extended shows and behind-the-scenes content. Plus, your support on Patreon helps keep us uh, helps keep the podcast running and the investment ideas flowing. So don't miss out. Become a Stock Gamblers patron today, and let's ride that market roller coaster together. Patreon.com backslash Stock Gamblers. And now we'll check in on the experts and analyze their picks. You're going all in with Mercado Libre, not to be confused with Nacho Libre. Mercado Libre, an international company headquartered in Uruguay that went public on NASDAQ in 2007, has seen remarkable growth with a stock surging over 5,000% at a market cap nearing $80 billion. Operating in 18 Latin American countries, Mercado Libre is both an e-commerce platform and a fintech company offering services such as Mercado Pago, a versatile payment app, 
In third quarter, the company showed strong performance with 59% increases in gross merchandise volume, 26% growth in items sold, and 69% growth in net revenues. Mercado Libre's mission is to democratize commerce and financial services in Latin America, and it aims to maintain sustainable growth and profitability. However, investors should be mindful of currency fluctuations due to its operations in an area kind of prone to high inflation, and it faces competition from both regional and global e-commerce players. But nevertheless, Mercado Libre presents an enticing opportunity for investors looking to add large-cap Latin American e-commerce and fintech company to their portfolios. I've lost um, a good 85% of my money to Mercado Libre on on uh, Molly Fool's in, uh, recommendation before. So I'm, I'm glad that they have the uh, option to come back and, and make me lose it again. <laughs> and for Barron's picks, Casey's General Stores, based in Ankeny, Iowa, has emerged as the fifth largest pizza chain in the u.s showcasing the unexpected popularity of its pizza among midwestern consumers beyond its culinary success casey's the third largest convenience store change chain in the u.s is experiencing significant growth with plans to add 150 stores in the fiscal year this expansion combined with its high performing distribution platform and unique focus on rural areas positions the company for continued success in both retail and food services. I find it to be suspect that they are both the fifth largest pizza chain and third largest convenience store chain in the U S and I have never heard of them. Yeah. I'm beginning to wonder if uh, it, it is the Midwest. So I think that's to the Midwest pizza might be like ethnic food or something, you know? Ooh, they exotic <laughs> pizza. Oh, all these crazy spices. Who knows? I mean, so, I just got back from Massachusetts, which um, which I might talk about in the extended show for a bit. But they, they do have their own pizza in Massachusetts. They have Boston-style pizza, which I didn't know was a thing until like um, uh, about a year ago. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, like it's like a deep dish, but like thinner. So, yeah, it's uh, not uncommon to have beans on your pizza with that as well. They make a good pizza. Um, definitely not um, not anything for your stuck-up, um, uh, pure Italian insistency. Um, but but um, hey, I'm I'm Neapolitan. We created pizza, <laughs> not me do, personally, of course. I do prefer Neapolitan pizza overall. I mean, I like deep dish, but I always thought that was like a Chicago kind of a thing. I didn't realize that Boston had their own variation. I mean. I thought I thought deep dish was a Sicilian thing. I, it's, I always thought it was Chicago. Um, Sicilian is not deep dish, but it's the thick, you know, the real thick dough. I never really liked Sicilian. That thick doughy crust just puts you right to sleep. I was never a big fan of Sicilian style until Little Caesars came out with theirs. I, I think that's actually really? a decent one, but why? That's just crunchy cheese around it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Have you ever had uh, Lido's pizza? What kind? Lido's, L-E-D-O-S. No, never heard of it. They have, they're, I think they're out of um, Ocean City, Maryland, but they're, they're creeping into Pennsylvania and they're oh, yeah. like, they're like a Sicilian where they're, it's like a pan, like mm -hmm. a square pan kind of pizza. 
but it's a thin crust one. That would like be Santucci's. You would do be. That. Yeah, okay. there's, there's a place that does, and there's another place uh, not too far from here called Romano's that does the the, but they do the deep, they do the square, and they do it with the um, cheese first, and then the sauce over the cheese. So that's kind of cool too. But uh, I never had Lita's. I love pizza. I'm getting really good at making sourdough pizza. Oh, that does sound good. Um, we were thinking about bringing back one of our old favorites. We used to make a, an artichoke heart and feta cheese pizza that was like phenomenal. Nice. I'm doing that again, I think. We're making like a good pesto pizza. That's that's a good idea too. Yeah. There's no Hawaiian. I, I'm not a fan. I, I tried it once. I love I love all the people that go. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty basic with my pizza. I like either cheese or Hawaiian. <laughs> it's like, what do you? There's nothing basic about Hawaiian pizza. No, no, Jesus, it's no fruit does not belong on pizza. Prove me wrong. All right, looks like it's time for our picks. Our wonderful, always sure to make a dollar picks. I'm going to be reaching back into all the way back into my 2020 bag for one of the few cannabis stocks that I still have. Uh, there's one stock, it's called Amplify Seymour Cannabis. And I believe, George, you're the one that turned me on to it. It's a company that manages I did portfolios. You it. Yes, it's a company that manages portfolios of global stocks related to cannabis. Back in February of 2021, it was trading around $34 a share before crashing hard and going down around four bucks a share for a really long stretch of time. And then in just the last few months of 2023, it's starting to trend upward. So now might be the time to jump back on that weed wagon. My second pick is another one that uh, I have picked before. We mentioned it earlier that earlier this evening. Uh, my second pick is going to be Microsoft. Although I'm a new customer, uh, Microsoft's been around a long time. It's been good to me since I purchased it just a couple months ago during season one of Stock Gamblers. So right now, overall, I'm up about 18 and a third percent, and it looks like it's not going to disappoint anytime soon. So I would put that as my second pick. Back to you. Jim. Now, to be fair, you did buy, you, you were already technically invested in Microsoft because you owned Activision Blizzard, right. which you then converted to Microsoft. So the fact that you've made 18% off of buying Microsoft with your forced sale of Activision Blizzard is pretty impressive. And I, I, Although the price to entry is pretty high, I think there is still value in Microsoft. I think with AI, it is going to continue to explode. Well, but, again, this is one of the reasons why I love certain platforms like Robinhood, where you don't have to buy it by share. You know, you could just say, oh, I want a hundred bucks on Microsoft, you know, and some, you know, like uh, E-Trade, you can't do that. So that's why I have both. I don't like Robinhood. I do use it, but uh, I do buy... Um, partial shares through fidelity okay so that that's another one where you can do that nice all right so for my pick go ahead what are your picks george <laughs> for my pick i have elf beauty or elf a cosmetic brand known for its affordability has shown significant growth moving up to the third position in the united states mass cosmetics market 
With a 9.5% market share, the company trails only L'Oreal and Maybelline. Its stock has surged by 216% over the past year. The brand, popular amongst Gen Z and millennial consumers, has gained market share in major retail channels like Target and Ulta Beauty. Additionally, ELF is expanding into skincare, having recently acquired the skincare brand Naterium. Despite a potential slowing consumer market, ELF Beauty's CEO sees further growth opportunities in color cosmetics and skincare. Um, wow, that's the third biggest, and I've never heard of it. Really? You don't have any ELF around your house from... Uh, I mean, there's an Ulta, so I'm sure they must sell their stuff. But Maybe. I never heard of them. Though. Oh, I just meant you didn't see it like around your house everywhere between your wife and child. Um, well, Jake gave up wearing makeup, so, um, <laughs> my daughter's up at school, so that's why I said that. Um, yeah, I just never heard of them. I mean, doesn't mean they're not good. Yeah. Um, I, the peep man, people who buy ELF are fanatic. I knew someone who would like, they got in financial trouble because they just kept buying ELF really? stuff, like thousands of dollars of it. Like people are, people are nuts who buy that. Which is really weird for me because I thought I thought Mac was going to take this spot, um, but ELF they I guess with their affordability just uh, swooped in and and really ran up the ranks. So that's my pick for this week. So they're not necessarily a a high value or a high end uh, cosmetics company. They are geared towards your millennials and geared towards your people who don't have that much money to spend. Is that it? Is that their? I mean, I wouldn't say that they're not high end. Like, um, I, I would, I, I don't think they make a bad product. That's one of the right. things that people have always talked about was how good their their makeup was. Mm -hmm. They're they're just affordable. Oh, okay. like you can buy it at Target pretty reasonably. All right, there you go. All right. Thank you for joining us on Stock Gamblers. Stock Gamblers is hosted, written, and produced by Chris Carbonara and George Howell. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters like Don Riome. You make this show possible, and you can hang around for the extended show if you are a Patreon member, where we will talk about other random things. Uh, notably, we'll probably talk about the NFL and uh, choosing NBC's Peacock and the issues that created. I'll also talk a little bit about my uh, trip to a casino in Massachusetts. <laughs> to write to us, you can email us at stockgamblershow at gmail.com and you can visit our website at stockgamblers.net. This also includes where you can subscribe to our podcast and where you can provide a one-time donation. If you find value in our show, please consider joining our Patreon. For just $5 a month, just $5 a month, a cup of coffee for each of us. You can help support us and gain access to our bonus content as well as test your stock skills by playing against us in our virtual stock market exchange. So thanks for listening. And thanks for listening and keep gambling.